Hi, I'm Simone W. Johnson-Smith, and welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America. Are you a professional new to the United States and struggling to monetize the expertise you brought across the seas? Are you feeling misunderstood and out of touch because you're struggling to understand the unstated rules of the American culture? Each week, we'll take an in-depth look at the positive contributions immigrants are making to the American culture, marketplace, and life. Our intention is to serve as a bridge from your culture to the American culture, giving you a roadmap of tools and the language to understand the unstated rules of the American culture. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Immigrant Experience in America, where we amplify and humanize the experiences of immigrants in the United States. We are so happy that we're building a human library of immigrant stories to inspire and empower others on their journey. Today, we have for you Cecilia Lee, and we are very happy to have her on the show. Welcome, Cecilia. Hello, Simone. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. I will go into sharing a little bit about Cecilia. She is a chief information officer with a career of success as a strategic partner to executive management and board of directors delivering vision and recommendations while leading cross-cultural teams in a dynamic environment. With over 20 years of experience with a focus on customer service and digital transformation, she is often discussing relevant topics in conferences and webinars related to cybersecurity, innovation, business intelligence, automation, and operations optimization. She currently works at Urban Edge Properties, a New York Stock Exchange listed real estate investment trust, and plays an active role in bettering the built environment. She was a recipient of several awards in the industry, including Best Use of Automation, Innovation, Ambassador of the Year, and nominated for the Julie Devine Digital Impact as a consistent thought leader. She serves as an advisor for the Realcom and is a board member of the Real Estate Cyber Consortium. She's also the co-chair for this year's Realcom conference happening in June in Orlando, where they will be discussing and showcasing the latest technology trends and best practices in the industry. Thank you again for being on, uh, Cecilia. Thank you. That was a very good summary. <laughs> very, you seem to be a busy lady with a family and all. Would, do you care to share a little bit more about your, you know, how busy your life is? Absolutely. Uh, I have a wonderful family. My husband, my five-year-old son, and my baby, who is now eight months. I work full-time. Uh, as you heard earlier, I am uh, the CIO for a, a very, very good firm uh, who is constantly looking to find better ways to do things, right? Because that's just how the corporate culture is, you know, phenomenal, very, very smart people. You know, I spend my days, you know, when I'm not working, I'm either volunteering uh, or uh, trying to help other young people uh, who are interested in building their careers in technology to 
you know, show them the path, uh, you know, whether it's advising or through internships and whatnot. And I also spend a lot of time with my children, uh, you know, if it's not sports, uh, it's just spending time with the family. Very good. Very good. So you have a what seems like a well-rounded life. You're active on the professional side and you have your mom with two children, your wife, and, um, you know, trying to make the best of uh, this very full life that you have here in the United States. So, Cecilia, if you can tell us a bit about your heritage and from where does your family originate? Well, I was born and raised in South America, specifically in Venezuela. My family, however, it's uh, I come from a mixed family. So my dad is Venezuelan and my mom is Chinese. So I have the fortune of learning and living two different cultures uh, growing up, you know, learning the upbringings of what it is like to live in South America and Venezuela and, and of course, at home with uh, all the cultural aspect uh, being brought up uh, with a Chinese family. So that is my heritage. So, uh, Cecilia, can you tell us a little bit about what life is like in uh, back in Venezuela where you grew up? prior to moving to the United States, what it was like, what are fun things you did as a child, uh, what's the food like, culture, music, what language did you speak? I mean, I, you know, one part of your family is Chinese, the other is from the Latin American uh, region. So what was life like for you? Life was awesome. <laughs> you know, living in Venezuela, we are you know, it's such a beautiful country, right? The weather is outstanding, 70 degrees all year round. You know, you had everything. If you wanted the beach with clear water, you had that. If you wanted the mountains to go hiking one day, you had that. If you wanted to be in the city, you had that. If you wanted to be in the desert, you had that. I mean, Venezuela is such a, such a beautiful country. And as far as food and the culture, can't go wrong with it good steak or good arepa in the music. Anybody that's familiar with the salsa and the merengue and that Latin music and that Latin beat, uh, it's just delicious. And as far as the language, we speak Spanish uh, in Venezuela. And, you know, growing up, because uh, I also had the Chinese part of my family, we also grew up with, you know, authentic Chinese food and speaking Chinese. And we had a small Chinatown back in the days. It wasn't a big uh, population of, of Chinese people in Venezuela. So it was really nice. Like my memories back home were wonderful. awesome to hear you know it's hard to not to notice what's going on and how the country has changed in the last several years how has it impacted your family do you have people still living there or is your family completely on the united states side yeah the venezuela that you see today is definitely not the venezuela that i left when i was younger right i came to the united states in my teenage years before any of this happen, right? Not knowing that any of this was going to happen. Things are a lot different. A lot of the people, friends, families, uh, they all have, have left the country. 
uh, even people who really wanted to stay, but this situation has been, you know, difficult, you know, so people can't find food at times. And so, and most of the people have lost a lot of weight because they just can't find food. So it's sad that, you know, people are surviving and doing whatever it takes to survive. Wow. Yes, it is quite sad to hear. I heard some stats recently about refugee populations from around the country. Syria was up there and Venezuela is one of the countries that was on the highest numbers of refugee population that the UN High Commissioner for Refugees has to now deal with in getting people resettled. So it's quite sad to think the country has gotten to that stage. I know we don't see very much of it in our media, but you know, it's it's sad to know that the country has um, deteriorated to that level. So glad to hear your family is doing well and, and your friends are out and don't really are impacted very closely by the situation. So that's good to hear. Is there a story, um, a rival story of your family? And what was that experience like coming to the United States from Venezuela when you were younger? Well, I came to the United States when I was a teenager, right after graduating from high school. And I I came here with the idea of learning English. And uh, and if I liked the experience, I was going to stay in in study fashion design because, you know, there's two fantastic schools in New York City that are fashion centric. And, you know, when you want fashion, you go to either New York, uh, you know, Italy or Paris, right? At the time, you know, many years ago when you didn't have the internet to research and you really rely on a booklet, <laughs> you know, your, your, your research options were minimal. But, but anyway, so my arrival story really was because my parents, both my parents acknowledged that the more languages you know in life, the more it will put you to an advantage. And so they really believers that, uh, you know, I, that, that I should learn English. And, and so just like that, I came to the United States all by myself. I didn't really know anyone and I didn't really speak much English. So it was quite funny, actually, because, you know, my first interactions with people, it was pretty much like playing charades because what I knew how to say was basically, hello, my name is Cecilia and I like apples. <laughs> so um, where did you go for the first time? Like what state did you move to New York? You mentioned fashion. Were you going straight to New York or where did you go? When I first came to the United States, I moved to New York City. And the first thing that I had to do was learn English, right? Because I didn't really know how to speak much. I I mean, I could get by, right? And and guess a lot of what people were saying. But uh, yeah, I mean, the the first few months, it was just focused on learning the language. Wow, wow. That was quite a big move. You came by yourself, didn't know the language. Do you also speak, is it Mandarin from the, the Chinese side of your parents? Yes, I speak Cantonese. And yeah, and back to what you were saying, I came here when I was 17. And coming to a new country where you don't really know anyone, and you don't have, you know, that network of people or that support system. And if you think about it, it's actually quite scary. So you came at 17. Is that right? Yeah, I had just turned 17. Yep. And uh you know, I decided to take the plunge and, and almost like a test, you know, t- testing myself to see if I could do this. 
Wow, that's amazing. Well, I don't know that I would have been able to leave my parents and family and come by myself. That's amazing that you were fearless, even though you thought it was scary, because the very fact that you were able to travel and to New York City of all places and uh, not knowing the language and you adjusted and were, I'm assuming you were able to continue on in school, right? Yeah, you know, I think for me, it was at the minute I arrived in New York, I was like, yep, I, this is it. This is my place. This is like, I, I just knew it. It was so much energy, right? It's so much to see. There's, I mean, it's so different to where I grew up, right? In comparison, right? So, so many different cultures to explore, especially in New York City. Um, and I love food. Um, so, you know, you, there's so much to learn from, so many different food to taste, so many other cultures to learn from. I mean, I was in heaven. Wow. So how did you adjust? Did you find other Spanish speakers? Did you find an ESL class? Did you find other people from Venezuela to kind of help build community? How did you adjust in those first few months and and first year? So I joined a school in English as a second language. It was a program because, like I said, the first thing that I needed to do was learn English, right, before I could do anything else. And you know, through that program, I met other people uh, from different countries that were in the same journey, right? That they, they were learning English uh, for different reasons. Some people wanted to uh, attend the next college. Some people just wanted to learn English and then go back to their homes. Uh, some people just wanted to, you know, travel and, and take a course while they were at it, right? Uh, so through that, I, I met some really good people. I also lived in a in a little dorm that was part of the school because you know I didn't know anybody. And through that dorm experience, I, I met other people that were really, really nice and kind to me and kind of helped me through the adjustment of what it is like to live in New York. And, uh, you know, and along the way, I met other people, right? So nothing happened on day one. You know, it was almost like you you build as you go. Right, right, right. I think a lot of people can, a lot of international students can relate to your story because they also come over with very little network, little or no network, and they come as students and they just have to find their way. And, you know, that's that's the meaning of adaptability, right? And adjustment. You just take it day by day and learn what you need to, to make it to your next phase of life. So congratulations on your part. You're way ahead of that, right? Did you ever move back or you, you stayed you know, from that point on? I visited, uh, I visited, but I was also very focused on my goals, right? Like I, I, I knew that I wanted to graduate from school and I had jobs, right? I was working while I was going to school. And so I didn't want to miss my work, right? It's part of like my work ethic, uh, if you will. I almost felt like, you know, I, if I'm going to go back to my home country, it's my vacation time, but I really ought to go back to work because, you know, I, it's a part of my responsibilities. So, and then from there, you know, I, I stay ever since. All right. Okay. What was the American dream for you? So you talked about wanting to get into the fashion industry. I just went through your bio and how did you, it sounds like you're on the technology side of things. Um, did I get that right? Did you make a switch from the fashion industry into technology? 
Yeah, uh, my intention and my dream, uh, and it wasn't so much my American dream, it was just my dream as a child. I wanted to do fashion design. I love right? And so, like I said, going if you were going to go into fashion, there were just a select few places that, you, you know, in my mind that I should go to, to get into that space. And, and then when I came to New York, I went to visit the schools. And there were so many amazing people. Let me tell you, they were really, really good at what they were doing, or at least they they looked like it, right? And I say, you know, I am just not sure that I can succeed in this space, right? I was very realistic because, look, I don't have the network, right? I said to myself at the time, I, I don't know anybody. I don't have the network, anybody that can coach me, and I bet you that, you know, to go far in this space, you you really, really have to be good at what you do. And you know what, for me, I mean, I I know I can, I like to draw, but am I good at it? I just wasn't sure, you know? And so I I decided to explore other opportunities, like, um, and and what I realized, and I I went to, the, the school that I am going to was a a business school, right? That that was their area of focus. And I was taking classes. I realized that, you know, I really enjoy the business side of things. And at that time, it was also the technology boom, right? The internet boom. And, and that was, that became really interesting to me. So I decided to explore that. And I ended up graduating from management of information systems. And fast forward today, that that's what I do. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Could you speak to some challenges or opportunities that came along? Did your parents join you later on? Did you, what kind of a network did you build over the time that you were here and studying and, you know, in order to like put some roots down, how did that unfold for you? Uh, While in school, uh, making friends in school, I was very fortunate, like I said earlier, that I met people that were really kind to me and uh, showed me what it was like to live in New York and help me feel safe. And then I also worked, right? I got myself some internships and, and kind of learned the way of being, so to speak. And then through that, through my internships and my work, I met people and, and I started building my network uh, in my support system. And uh, if you look at my career path, it's, it's still in that same industry. So along the way, I and not knowing at the time, I was really building my support and my network. Right. So for others, other Spanish speakers or other possibly international students from Latin America who might be listening to our conversation, uh, any nuggets that you might have to share for them about how particularly from a Latin culture, they might want to, you know, any particular nuggets that you might share that might help them, you know, adjust to life here in the United States as a young person, as an international student, anything? Oh, yes. Uh, So the first thing I'm going to say is don't worry that someone's going to make fun of your accent. Embrace it because people know you're a foreigner. And as tempting as it is to be in your comfort zone uh, and only stay within or with a group of people that speak Spanish, because I know that's a comfort zone, you know, push yourself, push 
the boundaries. Yes, build your network, right, of Spanish people, but also go outside of your comfort zone and, and don't be afraid. Uh, because one of the things that I remember, uh, even being in that in, uh, English as a second language program that I joined, you know, a lot of the international students kept to themselves, right? Uh, and so my number one advice is don't worry, go out there and be yourself. And don't be afraid. That's my number two. Don't be afraid and reach out. People want to help. People know that you're an immigrant. People know that you might not have the, the, the same support system that other people might have. And so, you know, just ask, right? Uh, because people want to help. One person that I knew, uh, that very wise, told me once, you know, spend a few years of your life like most people won't so you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't. And so to me, that really spoke high, a lot, right? Uh, because it's like, you know, work hard for what you want. Don't worry that there, of course, there's going to be challenges along the way, but work hard, envision your dream and work for it because you'll get there. Yes, that's sage advice. Thank you for sharing that. Was there anything that you found uh, shocking or any big adjustment that you needed to make to survive, to thrive in the American culture coming from a blended home, I mean, a Latin American plus Chinese culture from home, born and raised in Venezuela. Was there anything that was shocking about the American culture or any big adjustment you needed to make? Um, I think the biggest challenge was maybe trusting myself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in my career, I would be lying to you if I told you that I didn't doubt myself at times. And, uh, you know, I think it was because, uh, you know, part of it, because maybe I wasn't well-spoken as whose native language was English and my vocabulary wasn't as extensive. And, you know, it, it, English is not easy, right? Especially when you add the slangs, right? I can tell you so many funny stories. You know, I remember being in an elevator uh, when I was learning, learning English. And uh, this person tells me in the elevator, hey, what's up? You know, and that here you find me looking up, right? When in reality, that means like something else, right? That, you know, that's just a greeting, right? So, you know, things like that, you know, adjusting to the language, the culture, that, that was difficult. And so sometimes uh, I wondered as I grew my career, you know, if me not speaking English the same way as a na native uh, person would, if I would come across as some uh, as someone who was a subject matter expert and in, in, in will people take me seriously? And then I realized that language was just one part of it, right? And that I should be looking myself as a whole because I had other advantages uh, of being a foreigner, of knowing dif uh, different languages, of knowing different cultures. And, and, and that was, I, I came to the realization that that was an advantage and not an impediment. You know, you see my experience knowing different cultures allowed me to understand others' point of views. My extroverted personality coming from, you know, my dad's side allowed me to reach out to others. And, you know, my work ethic, coming, you know, from my, my mom, right. Allow me to show others that I wasn't afraid to work hard, you know, to, to get ahead. 
So yes, why? While there is, while I had a challenge, I came to the realization that I have a whole lot more to offer. And so powerful that you were able to get to that point of realization that you bring value to the table. And, you know, I think a lot of us as immigrants deal with what we call imposter syndrome. I dealt with it, you know, in the workplace, in college, you know, finding a place of our sense of belonging because you're not native, you're not seen as native and, and people are quick to sometimes tell you that you're not or make you feel that way. So that's awesome that you were able to get to that. And this leads me into my next question, which is, have you ever been able to not able to show up as your authentic self over the years and, um, you know, being an immigrant and bringing to the table, how did that play out? Do you have any examples? You know, what, what has your experience been when you started really just showing up as your true authentic self, whether it's, you know, your Venezuelan culture or whether it's the Chinese side of you, you know, how was that received socially and in your, at work? I think the first thing I would tell people is own it. Be authentic and also assimilate. That's very important. Uh, but how did I show up is that, you know, part of the journey that I mentioned earlier, it, it's coming to the realization that who I am is what makes me special, right? That extroverted side allows me to be successful in my job in a certain way that I can explore, I can learn from others, right? That my extroverted side that I was mentioning earlier. And so the first thing that happened at work, showing up at work as my authentic self is, like I said, owning it. Uh, I would tell people jokingly, I'm like, you know, I'm Cecilia. I, uh, I am from Venezuela and I am Chinese. So, you know, this is the first time maybe that you'll, you'll encounter someone in the technology field that may talk as much as I do. You know, and we'll laugh about it, right? Because it was all about owning who I was. It wasn't so much about I'm Venezuelan. Is this is who I am? I am Cecilia Lee, and I am extroverted, and I work hard. And you know, it's really owning it and being comfortable in my own skin. That's awesome. That's awesome. Join us next time for part two of this episode. Tune in next week for another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. As this is a new podcast, we welcome any and all support. If you have not done so already, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can also support us by completing a five-star rating and review and sharing our podcast with your friends, family, and circle of influence.